Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. As we mark an anniversary that has claimed thousands of civilian lives and unleashed untold suffering, China calls for all sides to find a political solution. Will China's call be heeded? And veteran journalist Seymour Hirsch has revealed that the U.S. was behind the Nord Stream pipeline explosions last year. What's the connection between that incident and the war one year on? Welcome to The Point, an opinion show coming to you from Beijing. I'm Li Xin. February the 24th marks the anniversary of uh, the Ukraine war. According to the latest UN data, at least 8,000 civilians have been confirmed killed with nearly 13,000 injured in Ukraine. Chinese Foreign Minister Qin Gang said China is deeply worried that the Ukraine conflict could spiral out of control and called on certain countries to stop fueling the fire. On Friday, China issued a position paper calling for peace and laid out its propositions to a political settlement of the crisis. What's the prospect for peace while the West steps up weapons provision to keep the fighting going? How to look at China's proposition and proposals? Also, a recent expose by a Pulitzer Prize winning American journalist reveals the Biden administration was behind the blowing up of the Nord Stream pipelines last year, a story collectively shunned by influential media in the West, claiming lack of credibility. But the same media now are jumping on stories speculating that China is about to provide lethal support to Russia, citing exclusive information. What's going on? I had the opportunity to talk to Professor Jeffrey Sachs, President of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network and Director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University. What is your take of the article published by, uh, written by Mr. Hirsch? And especially noting that you were one of the first people, basically a week after the explosion last year, you suggested that it was, it was the, the Americans, it was the, the Biden administration that carried out the bombing. Basically, the sim similar conclusion that Mr. Hirsch came to. I think the Hirsch article is very credible. And while it has been rejected, by the US and other governments. They haven't provided any single detail disputing uh, the article. It's just been a flat rejection saying this is a fantasy, this is false, but they haven't told any alternative and they haven't shown any single fact that is wrong in the Hirsch account. So for the moment, I think uh, Seymour Hirsch uh, has uh, not only a lot of credibility of a lifetime of investigative reporting, but has a, a credibility that comes from the fact that his points have not been refuted. And I must say, they make a lot of sense. Here's what we know about this that's really important. This terrorist attack had to be carried out at state level. This is a very hard to do attack. The pipeline sits uh, under roughly uh, 90 meters of uh, sea level. It is a big, thick, heavy steel encased in even bigger, thicker concrete. It needed a lot of explosives in order to blow up the three of the four pipelines. Apparently, part of the event did not succeed, in fact, because uh, clearly the intention was to blow up all four of the pipelines, but that shows how hard this was technically. 
So there are only a very few governments that could do this. The United States uh, obviously being one. Uh, perhaps the governments uh, immediately in that region uh, it could be UK, Norway, Sweden, uh, or Russia. But then you start to ask the question, okay, is it Russia? Two facts I think are important. First, Russia had no incentive whatsoever to blow up its own infrastructure. And second, now several months after the event, the Western intelligence agencies are actually saying quietly, but reported in the, Wall in the Washington Post of all places, that there is zero evidence that Russia had anything to do with this. To my mind, that leaves the United States, UK, uh, as I say, Denmark, uh, Sweden, Norway, Poland, perhaps uh, as those who carried it out. I can assure you uh, that if any of the others carried it out, they did it with the knowledge and cooperation of the United States. This was a difficult technical feat. You don't just dive down 90 meters, put on C4 explosives and blow up massive pipelines. This requires a tremendous technological capacity. It requires cover because this is a region that is heavily monitored by US and other intelligence and, and uh, military services. So you have, have to have deep cover to be able to carry this out. And then finally, I would just come to motive and statements. American politicians hated Nord Stream. They hated Nord Stream too. There wasn't almost a day that went by when they said what a disgraceful project Nord Stream is. On February 7th, 2022, President Biden famously said in a press briefing together with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, if Russia invades, Nord Stream 2 is over. And the reporter asked him, Mr. President, how can you say that? This is not a US project. This is a Russia-German project. How do you say that? He said, believe me, we have our ways. After the event, the US Secretary of State said this was a tremendous opportunity to wean Europe off of Russian energy. Strange statement if you are concerned about international terrorism on international infrastructure. Right. And then well, more recently than that, the Undersecretary of State, Victoria Newland, said how delighted she and the administration are that Nord Stream 2 is a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Uh, it's not, uh, not the way to speak about uh, an event that has massive danger and massive potential repercussions. We need safe infrastructure on the seabed. We need it for our internet. We need it for our energy system. We need it for power transmission. We should not have anybody blowing up international infrastructure, and we should not have anybody saying how delighted they are that it was done. Yeah, this is, you know, this is uh, incredible in many different ways, as you have pointed out. First of all, um, the, the source with the direct knowledge to the operational uh, planning called this an act of war. You know, you can hate a pipeline, you can hate uh, an enemy, a country, a government, but to actually do it, you know, to actually go and carry out this whole thing after nine months 
of meticulous and you know clandestine uh, discussion, debates, and preparation, and all the maneuvering, and actually do it. This is just unbelievable. I mean, the United States talk about you know rule of the the rule of law, you know uh, rule based international order that you know country need to be democratic uh, whatsoever, and and deep down. This is something that the United that the Biden administration carried out. It's really taking it to an to an unprecedented level in my eyes. Let let me say the following first. I'm not absolutely sure that it is this way, but I think the evidence is overwhelming in this direction right now. What I'm really advocating is that the UN Security Council investigate this as a very high priority because there's a, another extraordinarily weird part of this story, which is that Sweden investigated what happened, sent divers down, and then declared that they would not share the information with anybody, not with their own public, not with their parliament, not with their neighbors, Germany and Denmark, not with the UN Security Council. That's a disgrace. I'm sorry to say, if Sweden knows something about who did this, they have a responsibility to the world, to multilateralism, to the world's safety, to report to the UN Security Council on a threat to the peace such as this. But they haven't said a word. Apparently, Denmark and Germany have also carried out investigations, and they don't tell their own parliaments about this. I believe what, the United States. What could be behind it? I think the likely thing behind it is that they're hiding the U.S. role in this. That's what stands to reason. There may be something else, but there is no possible explanation of why they are not sharing this information. After they concluded, both Sweden and Denmark, that it would that the pipelines were deliberately blown up. They actually said that. They know a lot. They know the kinds of explosives that were used. I worry that Sweden's role actually was to clean up the crime scene. I think they may have taken away evidence that others could have come and said, oh, look who did this that we now know for sure. I think they cleaned up the crime scene. They need to tell the world, what did they find? This is Sweden after all, be responsible to the international community. So I would say, if in fact the US did this, I would say two things. First, sad to say, not for the first time, because the US got into a very bad habit, now I'm speaking more generally, of covert operations. And since 1947, with the National Security Act, the US has been engaged in countless covert operations, many ex of extraordinary irresponsibility. Second, if it in fact did this one, the world needs to know and the world needs to follow up. Also, I was going to, to ask the, the fact that they could celebrate this act. Let's not forget that this is not just um, infrastructure which belongs to Russia, it's, it's built, it also belongs to Germany, which is part of, uh, you know, you are, is, is a very strong ally to the United States. And, and it's the Russian, it's the German industries or Western European industries and ordinary households that would be affected when these pipelines are off because it's a, you know, affordable natural gas coming from 
from a uh, from Russia, not from the United States, of course. And the the fact that the U.S. both the Secretary of State, as I said, and Anthony Blinken would say this was a potentially good opportunity, you know, and yeah, even more than that, he said a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good one. He's he. Basically, they celebrate how how they could go out and say such things and and not expect the world to suspect. Okay, you know who who are benefiting from this explosion? Are they smart? Are they too smart, or are they too stupid to make such public statements? These statements are horrible statements. What's sad is that they play to American politicians. Uh, you know, you did not have an uproar. Uh, in the United States after these statements were made, but we should have. And the sad fact is it's, it's not even whether it's owned by Russia or owned by Germany, those facts matter, but it's even more general than that. Our world cannot function if individual countries, governments are secretly blowing up the infrastructure uh, in the uh, public way. We depend on submarine cables for internet, for the functioning of our economies, for power, for gas transmission, for many, many things. And what's absolutely vital if we're going to succeed in fighting climate change, for example, is we're going to need transboundary, cross-national transmission of electricity made by renewable energy, for example. But if countries get the idea, I can't afford to rely on uh, a long distance transmission line, somebody may blow it up. What kind of world are we going to be in? We're not going to be able to carry out any of the things we want to carry out if we have so much destroyed international trust. That's why, by the way, I think it's extremely important that whoever did it be investigated fully. And I hope the full story is told. And I believe that the right place for this investigation is the UN Security Council. And if one country says, no, 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 no investigation, that would be pretty odd. So <laughs> let's see if that happens, because that could happen. That you could know, happen. It's funny, but it's, it's really sad if you think about it. Uh, how many times let's say the United States, when it carries out an international action, be it international terrorism or, or an invasion, that the United States is held to account, you know, that it pays a price for it. it I don't really remember many incidents in the history, in history where this is the case. Are you optimistic that there is going to be some kind of serious investigation where a, a, a transparent investigation <coughs> can be carried out and, and the real culprits can be you know, brought to the fore and held accountable. Is that going to happen at all? Because we are talking about the most powerful country, one who is willing to use force or whatever means necessary to benefit, to, you know, serve its own political or whatever benefits. I'm pretty optimistic that the truth is going to come out and be understood. And I think Seymour Hersh's piece is a major step in that direction. Uh, the fact that we now after the piece has been disseminated, have not heard any single point refuted of that piece is very telling. Uh, and so I think we have a lot of reason more and more each day to say that he probably got it almost all right. No one's even picked 
little holes in it in in the U.S. government. They're not Flat talking about it, but the no. Western media is not talking about it so much. Well, one of the the weirdest things is that our our supposed major press, like the New York Times, as far as I know, has not even mentioned this Hirsch story once. That's a disgrace. And this is part of uh, what America believes right now, what the American government believes is if we say something, it's not going to be discussed and that's going to be the end of it. But the rest of the world isn't following that. The rest of the world saying, how strange. This is really strange. We need to hear something more from the U.S. You can't just deny it. You must know something about this, yes? Oh, you haven't looked into it. You don't know anything about it, but you're so happy about it, but you don't know who did it. Come on. No, nobody would believe any of this for a moment. And so I'm pretty confident that in this case, the truth is coming out more and more. Maybe somebody in the Swedish uh, government will leak what they know or someone in Norway or Germany. Lots of people know what's going on right now. Lots of people. Somebody more will talk and more and more will find out most likely that what Seymour Hirsch has written is basically correct. What is the significance of the Chinese vision for how to achieve global security on such a juncture? What China has been saying about the Ukraine war and this uh, new document and new security initiative are extremely important. China recognized from the very start that there were true security interests on both sides, Ukraine and Russia, that need to be observed in order for this war to end and that they can be observed, that they should be reflected and respected through dialogue and negotiation and that continued war and escalation was dangerous, devastating for Ukraine and unnecessary. The principles that China has put forward, in my mind, are correct. China understood that this was a war that has underlying political provocations. In my opinion, uh, the U.S. intention to enlarge its military alliance, NATO, to Ukraine and to Georgia crossed an essential uh, Russian red line, and in my view, an understandable Russian red line. The United States participated in the overthrow of a duly elected constitutional president of Ukraine in February 2014. We're actually not at the first anniversary of this war, we're at the ninth anniversary of this war because the war started with the overthrow of Viktor Yanukovych and then fighting broke out. Uh, Russia also then took Crimea. Uh, the fighting in the Donbass uh, broke out. NATO, especially the United States, uh, sent massive amounts of armaments to Ukraine. And so we're in the ninth year of escalation. And what China has been very clear about, I must say, all through this. And China has had good relations with Ukraine and good relations with Russia. It's not on one side or another. It has said that there is underlying politics and that the security interests of both sides need to be respected. I believe that that's the case as well. I have said 
not only from the first day of this invasion a year ago, or even for the years since 2014, NATO should not enlarge to Ukraine and Georgia, because that is a security red line of Russia that is understandable, and that if this were in a U.S. context uh, of uh, a uh, foreign power making military alliances along the U.S. border, I guarantee the reaction would not be uh, a happy or pleasant one. Uh, and so we should have prudence, wisdom, judgment, common sense to back off from war. But instead, we don't. We just have total finger pointing, no dialogue at all. Biden has not picked up the phone to speak with Putin since the war started. That is remarkable because the whole world suffers from this war and the two should be speaking and not speaking to a camera, just making public remarks, but speaking about how to end the conflict without further escalation and further devastation of Ukraine. So I am hoping that China, India, Brazil, Indonesia, South Africa, other major countries that are saying, stop, stop escalating. You're killing Ukraine, literally. And at the same time, you're threatening the whole world that the voices of leading countries that are not in this conflict will push the United States and Russia to negotiation and to understand each other's red lines, which has been a missing factor all along. Mutual respect and prudence will keep us safe. Um, we are also approaching the 20th anniversary of the launch of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. 20 years later, after, inv after the invasion, um, Iraq is in, still in a very volatile state. I mean, the country is proves to be much more difficult to be rebuilt than to destroy a government, than to destroy a regime. There are many different theories as to why the United States went into Iraq. Nevertheless, they went in using crook means, basically, you know, the, the excuse, the pretense was uh, notorious by now. 20 years later, how do you look at that? And how do you think the United States has achieved what they said they wanted to achieve, which is to promote, to bring freedom and promote democracy to uh, Iraq and Middle East? The Iraq war was a disaster, and it was first and foremost a disaster for Iraq. It was a disaster and tragedy for the United States. Trillions of dollars of money and lives wasted for nothing but destruction. And it was so predictable. Uh, in fact, I did predict it, uh, and uh, many others did as well. I remember listening to our then UN, uh, no, then uh, uh, Secretary of State testifying in the UN Security Council, Colin Powell. And I knew this was not true. You could listen carefully uh, with an experienced ear and know this was not the evidence on which to base a war. Uh, and uh, I remember being on uh, US television that evening in a round table. Uh, there were six of us 
five were very enthusiastic about the war about to begin. And I said, uh, these are false pretenses. Uh, and uh, the interviewer looked me in the eye, are, are you saying the Secretary of State is not telling the truth? And I said, yes, I am saying that. Uh, wow. this, is, uh, this, this is not right. And I wrote soon afterwards because the bombing started and the shock and awe, and there was so much enthusiasm in the United States. And I wrote that all of those bombs from 35,000 feet are not only by themselves leading to destruction, but solve nothing. Wait till America is on the ground there, and then you're gonna see the truth of what you have started. And of course, it turned into a disaster of course, first and foremost for Iraq itself. America has a way of doing this, unfortunately, because America has believed throughout my whole lifetime that military force can solve political problems. This is a falsehood, period. They believed it in Vietnam. They believed it in Cambodia. They believed it in Lao PDR. They believed it in Nicaragua. They believed it in Iraq twice. How is that? What is in the American gene? What is in the American culture <coughs> that, that, that they have this trait of uh, bombing the hell out of a place and hoping that the, the local people are going to like them, are going to like what they have to offer. Meanwhile, they have uh, a lot of uh, problems at home, which are broadcast live all, all over the world. It is a tragedy. Uh, it is... Uh... To, to use a, a, an old expression that is completely inadequate to, the, uh, to, to uh, your question, uh, when a person has a hammer, they think everything is a nail. Uh, so the US has a hammer, there's no doubt it's got a big military, and it thinks that it can pound on the head of anyone and get a solution, and it never works. I've, I'm 68 years old, I've been through all of these wars massive failures, one after another, debacles, trillions of dollars wasted, so many people killed. But I also know, it's sorry to say, uh, America with these two oceans uh, that uh, separated from the rest of the world know right. very little about the places that they arm or that they bomb. They know nothing about the geography, the history, the background, the culture, and so, this also adds to the debacles, unfortunately, because how can you occupy Afghanistan, by the way, 20 years, spend a trillion dollars and leave the place completely, totally broken? That takes a special kind of ignorance, but that's what we had for the last 20 years. Many thanks, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, for sharing with us your insights on this very important story. With that, we come to the end of this edition of The Point with Li Lushin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lushin in Beijing. You've got The Point.